feel like, you know, people people say like the secret, like you manifest things that you want to happen. But I really do feel like when there were pivot points for me, I'd be like, I have to get out of this job. I have to find a new job. And I, it's not like I don't do work, but like there's always a path that seems to open up to kind of work there. I've been lucky for the most part. Loving science and data, Sean Snipes Gasparini thought she would go into medicine, but the storytelling bug bit and she was bound for film school. The work world called, and being full of good things, took her into a different aspect of storytelling, which eventually came full circle back to science and data. Find out how saying what you need and acting when it comes can get you through those times of necessary change on today's Roads Taken with me, Leslie Jennings Rowley. So I'm here today with my friend, Sean Snipes Gasparini, and we are going to talk about what keeps us connected and what keeps us healthy. And it is a pleasure to see you again. And thanks so much for being here. Oh, thanks, Leslie. I'm excited to be here. Great. So I start these the same way every time with two questions, and they are, when we were in college, who were you? And when we were getting ready to leave, who did you think you would become? Oh, that's a good question. Hmm. When I started, I think I, I did. I don't know that I knew who I was, to be perfectly honest with you. I think I thought I knew who I was. <laughs> you know, I, I came in from like this little like country bumpkin from North Carolina, met tons of folks, tried tons of things. I came there. I was going to be a doctor. Like, that's just what I was going to do. Like, there was no way that I wasn't going to do that. You know, I, you know, I didn't make it past biochem. I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this. <laughs> so <laughs> I tried other, other things that I really kind of got into and, and I, and I wound up being like in the total opposite place of where, you know, I thought I was going to start, but really happy that I did because I'm, I ended up doing something that I really wanted to do. Um, but in terms of when I left, I was still kind of like, you know, I was like 22 and I, I still was a little bit nervous about like, okay, I'm leaving Hanover and I'm moving to New York, I'm moving to the big city, you know, and I had, um, I'd gotten into NYU film school and I was, I had deferred a year. I wanted to work just to like get some money to get some experience to run my way around the city. And I got a good job and I just didn't want to stop working. <laughs> and I, and I, I really enjoyed it. So I think that where I started in college and where, who I thought I was, was not really who I was. And I learned like through those four years, and I would say four and a half, I did an extra term in the middle. I went our um, junior summer as well. Cause I changed majors, obviously. <laughs> and the person I left Dartmouth being was way more independent and a little bit more of a free thinker than when she started. That's a good thing. But what had first drawn you to thinking no questions asked, I'm going to be a doctor? And then what was the set of changes that made you think film school? How how are those so different? How are they similar? Talk to me about that. Growing up where I did, I was kind of on like a pre-college like track. So from the time that I decided like I wanted to be and specifically I wanted to be a pediatrician, <laughs> I was into science and I really admired my pediatrician so well because I have diabetes and she was like a pediatrician who specialized like with kids who had diabetes. She was also an endocrinologist. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to help kids like me. Like I was very specific about what I wanted to do. And also there wasn't like it was at Duke Hospital and there wasn't a ton of women of color. And I thought, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to come back here. So then a little girl see, you know, girls like me, you know, it'll, it'll make them feel a little bit better. No shade to my doctor, but that's what I wanted to do. And I was really into science and I really liked math. 
because I did well, I kept getting put into like accelerated classes, accelerated classes. And I was, by the time I got to high school, I was taking some classes that were college sort of level classes. I thought, yeah, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. And I wasn't afraid of like, you know, the anatomy parts. I wasn't afraid of like the gory bits, (laughs) you know, and I I really, um, I thought, well, I still want to do this. I still want to help kids. I got overwhelmed very quickly, which I think, you know, a lot of people do. You try to, you know, maybe take on a little bit too much too fast. And then I realized one day in kind of like biochem lab, like, I don't want to do this. I really don't want to do this. And the electives that I w- was taking, like the the writing, I took a class on uh, advertising. I was doing a, a bunch of different things, like in, with the electives that I had that I was like, I actually kind of enjoy those things, I think. And I also enjoy storytelling. And I was a really big fan of television. <laughs> so I thought, well, maybe, you know, maybe I can kind of do dual paths and kind of see if I could like work on my writing while also doing this because I felt like I had to do it because my family, my friends were like cheering for me. I'm going to come out of here. I'm going to go to med school. It was a whole thing. And then like right about the time I got to my sophomore summer, I was like, I'm not happy and I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for everyone back home. And so I decided like, okay, I I, I think I need to change my path if I'm going to be like a happy adult. I don't want to be like a burnt out adult, you know, before things, you know, started. So went through sophomore summer and then junior fall, I went and spoke to the dean, like, okay, I want to make this huge change. Like, you know, and I got kind of set up to do that, which required me to like kind of catch up. Um, So I did, like I was saying, I did the junior summer uh, as well. And I took a bunch of film classes, which was great. Also took playwriting. I took some stuff with theater, some stuff with English that I really enjoyed. And I realized I'm a storyteller. Or rather, a story put her together, I guess I'll say. What I really leaned into was, like, I really liked the time I spent, you know, editing, putting the film together, like, figuring out what the narrative was and putting the story together. I really, really enjoyed that. And then I decided, well, I I think this is what I want to do. I was able to catch up on everything I needed to catch up with. And so by the time I graduated, I was, I had a degree in film history. <laughs> uh, and then I had a minor in women's studies, but the women's studies part that actually helped as well, because that's where a lot of like what I was doing in terms of images and in, in women in film and things like this, that helped me kind of like in my ongoing sort of storytelling that I did. It was a tough conversation to have with the parents. <laughs> it was a tough. <laughs> so yeah, so that's how it, it, I totally changed. And, and I think to this day, I'm still very interested in science. I'm, I'm a bit of a geek. Like I watch more science channel than anything. I do lean into, you know, clearly I, I support juvenile diabetes. I'm, I'm still supportive of those kind of things. And I'm interested in the science behind it. And I do feel like we're pretty close to like a cure for it. And whenever I do kind of try to volunteer or lend my support places, it's for things in support of that. I also did March of Dimes because I had kind of a, a tough pregnancy when I um, I ended up having my daughter uh, pretty early. But it was related to my overall health, but I'd still try to support leaning on those things. But from the outside. <laughs> right, right, right. And so you had made that very determined pivot. You did what you needed to do, caught up. You got the blessing of everybody you needed to. And NYU Film School, that's a big deal. I know. Yeah. It's not like you just walk in and say, hi, here I am. Like, that's a, <laughs> yeah. it's not right. Hard to get that foot in the door. But you knew you needed to, or you were going to, make some money and get some experience before doing that. That's the deferral. 
fair because I didn't have like honestly you need in order to go to film school you can't show up like a broke like rich you know recent college grad I was like I'm gonna get a job <laughs> and I'm gonna bang, I'm gonna live with my cousin my cousin lived out in Queens I'm gonna live with my cousin and then I'm gonna just bank checks bank checks bank checks I'll defer for this year and then when I go I'll have because I need a bit of my supplies you need to be able to also to live in New York City I want to be trucking it on the like dollar van to the subway you know from you know while I'm going to school I wanted to be able to live in the city and that was that was sort of the plan and then I got my first job and uh I don't know I liked working I like I liked being around people and I was sort of I think I had a little bit of sort of imposter syndrome that I was kind of going through then I was like I can't do NYU film school but I'm, I'm still gonna do it I'm still gonna do it it's still like kind of in the back of my mind it was a goal I had to to bank a certain amount of money so that when I started that next year I'd be in a good place and I could really focus on um writing and, and storytelling and, and making films just learning as much as I can and, and living that New York City sort of life and the closer I got to it I had saved a good deal of money and the closer I got to it like you, you have to let them know a little bit ahead of time if they're gonna make you part of the next class and I was like I I, I kind of don't I asked them if I could defer another year and they said no. So it was a now or never. Yeah. And then I decided that I want to stay here and um, I want to work. I want to try a few different things. I had a year out of school. I was like, I don't really want to go back to school, but I, but I want to be a filmmaker. Like it was a really, a really tough decision to kind of make, but I had a really good job. That was not so far from storytelling and weave and put it, putting story putter togethering or whatever yeah. you call it. Right. Yeah. Like my my initial for. Well, let's back up. So when I first graduated, I did corporate recruiting and I was going to be a stockbroker. No, <laughs> you can make tons of money. Sure. Really quickly. Uh, I got my series seven. Like I, I and but I realized, oh, um, I kind of don't love money as much as I need to love money in order to be really good at this job. <laughs> I felt <laughs> weird making promises that I knew I couldn't necessarily keep. And then I met someone who knew someone who let me know that Martha Stewart was looking for an assistant. <laughs> so, so I applied and I thought, well, this might be a way for me to get my like creative juices kind of flowing and like to learn from someone who was like, it was Martha Stewart on the media. She was doing everything, you know, at right. the time. Um, so it was, it was kind of a blind submission that I sent over there and I got an interview with a ton of folks, but the very last one was with Martha herself. And I, the only thing she talked about was that she had a nephew that also went to Dartmouth. That's the only thing she talked about. And then she was like, fine. Fine, I'll take you. <laughs> I know something about you. I think she was, I, she, she was um, concerned that she didn't want someone who was kind of like um, uh, intimidated by her. And mm. I, I'm pretty hard to intimidate. So I um, had a nice conversation there and I ended up getting that job. And then that's the job that for the last six months before I was supposed to go, I was like, I want to keep, I want to keep doing this. I have a really good job. I have a really good opportunity and I really like marketing. And she, there were the magazines, there were the books, there was, you know, the TV show, there was so much going on. I really liked being involved with that, but I still had so much like to learn. And I really was sort of leaning into the marketing kind of side of things. Right. So yeah, I, I let that sort of dream of being a filmmaker go and I stayed working with Martha Stewart. <laughs> so that was, um, that was quite a thing to kind of realize, you know, being semi sort of broke at the end of that year, <laughs> you know, uh, or, or the next year in New York, cause you don't make a ton of money as an assistant, but you get a lot of exposure, which was great. Right. Um, and I learned so much that I was able to pivot into a marketing job with gray advertising. And then that's where I really kind of leaned in. 
So yeah, that started my like lean into advertising and marketing and media, and which really is storytelling. It really is changing people's perceptions and changing people's minds. And then there's a math element of it. There's reach and frequency and there's science, <laughs> you know, and there's just all that stuff sort of kind of came together when I got to Gray. And then um, my boss left Gray and went to another agency and brought me with her, which was the, one of the best. I thank her to this day <laughs> for doing that because I ended up working on one of the biggest accounts and worked on P&G for a while. It's a good account to get on when you're fresh into advertising. So Because they do a lot of it. They do a lot and they do a lot of different things. They talk to a lot of different people. They have a lot of different targets, goals. They're always launching new things and then they have such equity. So yeah, so and that kind of um, solidified, like I think I made the right decision because I love going to work. I love my job. I love it, love it, love it. Um, and I love seeing the finished product of like what we do. I love being able to report on like how well it did. Did we hit our goals? Did we not hit our goals? I don't know. I love the science behind getting into like managing the data kind of behind it. Like it's all, it, all of it sort of has come together, you know, but I think that the the storyteller part of me has made me pretty good at like when I have to write decks or whatever, <laughs> you know, like I, yeah. I can string it sort of all the way through. And so that was all agency life. That right? was all agency life. And then I became like in my mid, well, my late 20s, actually, I met someone, I fell in love, I moved to Jersey. You know, and <laughs> the classic romance story. The thing you do. And then I got tapped to come to uh, the client side. But the, the trade-off, and I had a really good job where I worked. I mean, it was really good. I was doing really well. Kept getting promoted. But at the end of the day, you always, well, I, I always wanted to go kind of like to the dark side. I wanted to be a client. <laughs> um, so like the first opportunity that I got to become a client, I was like, I'll take it. And then, and then uh, but it was in Topeka, Kansas. <laughs> so it was moving from, you know, recently New York City, actually the Bronx, um, moving from New York City to New Jersey for like a year and a half. And I took a job that took me right, you know, smack dab into the middle of the country, middle of nowhere with my Jersey, my Italian Jersey husband. <laughs> we show up in Topeka, Kansas for this job that I really wanted. While it wasn't really what I, ex well, it wasn't really at all what I expected. Should I, can I, should I say the name of the company? I feel weird. It doesn't exist anymore. Either way. Payless. <laughs> oh. Who has since gone kaput, but I think they keep trying to come back. They offered me the job as a media manager there, and I jumped on it. But it was just very different than than what I had expected. On the agency side, what you think the clients do is not necessarily what they do. Mm. What the interaction with the agency is generally like maybe 10% of, kind of what they do. But when you're on the agency side, you think it's all of what they do. Right. So there was a lot that was very different about what I expected working at Payless. But I was into it. I was still, I mean, I love the brand. I love what they were trying to do. But I think the culture shock of both of us sort of moving there was a little bit too much <laughs> for us. And like, I wanted to start a family. And then I thought, well, if I have a baby here in Topeka, I'm never going to leave. I'm just, I'm not going to leave. <laughs> I'm just going to be stuck here. I mean, we were not doing great there. So I ended up, you know, I, I got pregnant and I was like, okay, I need to look for another job quickly because I wanted to be in a place where I felt going to be good for both of us. So that's when I, I put my resume on Monster. Um, a couple of days later, I was there for, I was at Payless for 14 months, I want to say. And then literally three days after I got my resume on Monster, I got a call from Nestle Purina in St. Louis. 
and they wanted to talk to me and I was like, yes. I mean, I feel like it was kismet. I feel like, you know, people people say like the secret, like you manifest things that you want to happen. But I really do feel like when there were pivot points for me, I'd be like, I have to get out of this job. I have to find a new job. And I, it's not like I don't do work, but like there's always a path that seems to open up to kind mm-hmm. of work there. I've been lucky for the most part. Um, for that. And, uh, but in any event, I got, I went up and I met with them on Monday morning and by Thursday I had a job off. Oh my gosh. It was great. And it was just what we needed. So we're able to move to St. Louis. It's an amazing place to work. I really enjoyed working there. And then again, it was back into packaged goods, which is, you know, the PNG life back into uh, working for Nestle. It was things I, I felt good about the brands that I worked with. You can bring your dog to work, which is great. (laughs) There were a lot of really good people and a lot of good things that I learned there. But then, like, I think it was still a bit of a culture shock for my, I'll say, my Jersey Italian husband still. And he wanted to come back to New Jersey. He was like, I'm leaving to go to New Jersey. I'm going back to New Jersey. And I was like, well, I guess I, you know, at that point, I had a two and a half year old. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to put my two and a half year old on a plane every two weeks to go see her dad. I guess I have to go back to New Jersey. (laughs) And again, the secret manifest. So I reached out to someone who I knew was a recruiter. And I told him, like, I need to move back to New Jersey for, you know, whatever reason, for my marriage is breaking up. I, I have a small child. I'd like to move back to New Jersey. And within like a week or two, he had some interviews set up for me at the next job I got, which is at RB, Record Bank either, RB. It was, uh, was going to be a different role. It was going to be a role that was a little bit more digital than I had done before. But I wanted to like stretch my, I've been doing like traditional things for quite a while, but I wanted to learn more. And literally the guy that I met with was someone that I worked with in, on the agency side. Mm. Like, don't worry, Sean, fake it till you make it. And I was like, you're my boss. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, well, it will help you. It'll be fine. You'll help me with traditional. I'll help you with digital. It's going to be fine. And I got that job. So, and then within five weeks of my husband and I separating and him moving back here, I was in New Jersey. Not that there hasn't been struggles at all, along the way. I'm not saying that by any means, but it's managed to sort of work out as I've needed it to work out. And you worked for them for a very long time. And years. Yeah. And years. And I was comfortable. Like I was really comfortable in that job. Spotify would send me things. I'd, I'd go to Facebook parties. I'd go to upfronts. I was doing all these really great things. I had a huge budget I was spending for RB. And I felt, again, I felt really good about the products that I worked on. Lifestyle is all about moms. I'm a mom. Like I, I really resonated with like the products that we had. But at the end of the day, I was getting kind of, it was like I, I wasn't excited by my job anymore, but it was a job that I was like, I could retire here. It'll be fine. You know, again, and maybe it's like my, my daughter who has some challenges. My daughter was getting older. I needed to refocus kind of what I was doing. And I decided, well, you know, maybe I need to mix it up again. Also, I'm becoming a woman of a certain age. Oh. You know what I mean? Like being a new girl, you know, who's been oh. on my for 20 years or so, it's it's tough. You know, you're competing. I'm competing with people who have a lot less mileage. <laughs> so if I have an opportunity um, to try something different, um, to kind of spice things up and give me a little bit more motivation, um, maybe I should try that. So then I was recommended to and was offered a job at Samsung, which uh, it's an amazing company. I guess I will say that. But I think for me in um, the period in my life, the thing that I thought I wanted, which was to be really challenged at work and, and to be like trying new things all the time, 
I had trouble sort of dealing with that and my home life at the same time. I was working so much that was really giving my, my kid very much attention at all. Working on the weekends, working till, I mean, you know, it, it just became too much and overwhelming. And then I realized at a point, I have a, a, a child who has some mental health challenges, I guess I will say. She deals with anxiety and depression, as a lot of people do. But when you're you're that young, it's really tough. And COVID complicated things like to a, a degree that was really, really tough. And I couldn't, I was doing work to kind of escape mm. to, you know, and I, and I said, that's not, that's not where I want to be. <laughs> like I, I need to, you know, I'm not going to get this time back with my daughter. So then I realized that this isn't going to be the place for me because it's just assumed that you will like you're like some companies say work hard, play hard. There is just really work hard and they do really great things. And it's all about innovation and it is amazing. But for someone at my particular life stage, it just wasn't a good fit for me. Yeah. So I'll see that. And, I, and, and that was another really tough pill to swallow because as someone who had been in a company for like 10 years and I was like I don't want to do I'm not this job hopper like I know that's with the different generations it's not like a big deal like but I'm a little bit old school that it's like you're not supposed to do that (laughs) you're not supposed to do that so I was really disappointed I guess I would say in myself and being like I'm not necessarily giving up but I'm sort of throwing in the towel and making a decision that's going to make my home life a lot better I need to leave this place because I could see myself getting into like a rut where I could be doing really well at my job and failing at my home life. And I have to choose home life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and there was this confluence, though, of this period of time where you said yourself, I was really comfortable. Yeah. And then you had this self-imposed, like, let's shake that up. Yeah. And then there were already these baseline issues at home that became exacerbated by the pandemic. So maybe at a different time, you know, a different mindset going into Samsung that could have worked out, but there's no way it could have in hindsight, right? In hindsight, it was it was not a good time. And to be fair, had, and had I done that five years ago, it probably would have turned out very different. Um, right. But doing it now, it was just... Again, it was. I got to a point where I was like, "Oh, this was a bad idea." <laughs> like, I don't want to make a decision. Like, I, I, we were. I was actually at a crossroads working there where we had to go like to the ER um, to to help support my daughter and my job. I had to bring my laptop because I had something that was due the next day, and we were there for three days. My boss was like, "How are we coming with whatever?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Like, I'm, I'm having to make a decision now where I am." not fully attentive, you know, in a hospital <laughs> because I'm thinking about work and I was like, this, this is probably not, wasn't a good idea for me. <laughs> well, but like you say, and I, and we don't want to wish hospital visits on anyone, no, no. but you know, these things come at you when you need them. Right? Yeah. yeah. Maybe needed that wake up a big jolt. Like this doesn't seem right to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I think sometimes where, when you think about like, you know, my reputation, et cetera, et cetera, like, do I want to, like, I wouldn't just leave a, a company, but like, I wanted to be someone who's known for like, and I generally am like, I don't, I don't give up easy, you know, like I don't run away from challenges, but I just thought, and also self-care, like, I just thought like, okay, sometimes you just have to hit reset. Sometimes control, all delete, like sometimes you just have to reboot. <laughs> right. So um, after being there, similarly, happened again. 
um, someone that I had worked with at RB <laughs> left and went to my current company, Santa Fe, and had reached out to me a couple of times, like during my tenure at 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 Samsung, to say, "Hey, there's like a marketing role open right industry." I go, "No, no, no, no! I have to make this Samsung thing work. I have to make it work. I know I was complaining to you, but I have to make it work." <laughs> and then finally, the second time she came, and I was like. Why am I kicking this gift horse in the mouth? <laughs> so I um took her up on it. I, I applied for the role and then I was like, Oh my gosh, this is like what I wanted. So the job I had at Samsung literally was like three jobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is just one job. It's it's the one part of my job that I really like, the analytical part. It's media analytics is what I'm doing in business intelligence. And that's the stuff I was really kind of leaning into, like the sciencey part, the math, like it's not that I don't love like the storytelling. I mean, that's how it kind of got me to where I was before and more the like senior media kind of role and like managing the story and managing the comms and kind of how that got out there. It's not that I didn't love that, but what got me kind of excited was like, let's dig into the numbers. <laughs> like I'm all about that. Like show me, don't just tell me, show me. So this role is just that part of it. And it's on a, a really great team. And I, and I have um, a couple of people from past lives that have gone over there. And I was like, I never should have left package because I knew it was a bad idea. <laughs> and so um, I ended up getting that job. So it's like right when I got to like, a, again, right when I got like to a crisis point and I, I tell younger people nowadays, like you have to be careful about your reputation and how you leave things and how what your relationships are like with people, because you never know when you will be able to lean in or reach out to someone who you knew from a past life that would really help you out of a tough jam. And that's exactly what happened here. So I'm at Santa Fe. I love work. I love this job. I have way more time just to dedicate to my home life. I can just like at the end of the day, I can put down my laptop and spend some time with my daughter. And I'm in such a better place mentally now than I was, I would say a year ago. And I've realized that sometimes you make decisions and if you realize it's the wrong decision, that's okay. <laughs> As my dad used to say, that's why they put erasers on pencils. <laughs> you can fix it. You can fix yeah. it. I try not to, you know, again, kick that gift horse. Uh, if, if, if there's an opportunity, like I shouldn't be afraid to try something different. Right. At the end of the day, it's kind of worked out. <laughs> it certainly has. You've manifested at every turn. Every and Yeah, but it's probably interwoven with what you were saying about the reputation that you did not burn bridges, you didn't speak ill, and you forged relationships at every place you went. Thus, they know who you are in your core and your abilities and will want to find that again. So it's not that they're just helping you, you know they're helping themselves but 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 you got to throw it out there you have to say i need this or i got to leave or whatever it is so i'm i'm so glad you've done that um when when you've needed to and hope that the need is less and less from now on but at least your angels are out there for you when you need them i think we all have guardian angels in in uh, of different degrees in different places and i i will say a large part of it is what you know of course but it's also who you know, who can help you or at least get you to the front of the line. Like, but it's up to you to kind of like, wow, whoever you get in, in front of. That's they, right. Somebody they, knew a guy to get you to Martha, right? Right. Somebody knew someone who got my resume under the top of the pile. Yeah. But yeah, so I, uh, 
Um, and I know it sounds hokey. I really do believe, though, in kind of like manifesting things. Like I'm not going to manifest a lottery win, but I think the things, the things that you really need in life, I think that um, I think if you can kind of visualize it in your head, kind of create a path there, there will be someone who can help you get there as long as you're keep in mind your reputation and your relationships with people. I think that at the end of the day, it'll probably work out. I am certain that it will. So <laughs> thank you so much for sharing this part and good luck for the next. Thank you. That was Sean Snipes Gasparini, who started her career in the media world as an assistant to Martha Stewart. She spent time on both the agency side of media as well as the client side, predominantly for consumer packaged goods. She is currently at healthcare giant Sanofi, where she is senior manager of business intelligence and media analytics. If Sean took a look at our show's metrics, she'd see growth week after week. A huge thank you to our guests and listeners for sharing the word about the podcast to help increase its reach. We'd love it if you told just one more person, or 20, how they can follow or subscribe to us wherever they find their podcasts so that they can join me, Leslie Jennings Rowley, for future episodes of Rose Taken.